Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Bottled Up Podcast. We're here once again with the man, the myth, the legend, driver of the number 12 late model at Stafford Speedway, Mr. Ryan Fern, but not just driver, also spotter. And that's what I want to focus on here tonight. So you've been back to the track, you were doing some practice, you did a race and all that, but that's not what we're going to focus on. We're going to talk about what it's like handling the spotting for a higher series well quote-unquote higher series an open wheel series you know the home of the sk modified to stafford motor speedway and you're a spotter for that series so tell us a little bit more about that oh boy i mean so i i was spotting for matt vassar in the number 11 shout outs to him gave me some free hummel hot dog promises for next week once those start coming in so that's going to be awesome but either way either way hot dogs aside Wait, he promised me free hot dogs as well, so he he owes a lot. He's promising a lot of people free Hummel hot dogs. Oh, but it, it'll it'll happen. I trust him. I trust, I trust him. Okay. <laughs> have you got? Side note: Have you gotten your cookies from Paula Root's trailer? No. Oh my! Oh my goodness! Okay, you and I this Friday are heading over to Paula Root's trailer, and you're trying some of these cookies. They are second to none. Anyways, continue. yeah, I got, I got it. But either way, so th- this all starts back when Stafford was doing their E-series shenanigans. And they were they were doing uh, iRacing during the off-season because, you know, with the COVID regulation, yada, yada, yada. So, you know, we're just messing around in a Discord call, and I'm joking around with Vat, with Matt, and I says, hey, you're going to let me spot for you in the SK next season, right, come 2020? And he's like, you know, I'm actually looking for a spotter. So I go, <gasps> that's my chance, you know, because I've, honestly, I've, I've wanted to try spotting for – quite a while and tom fern was never gonna let me spot for him his wife sue does it for him but uh either way so come friday night last night at the time of this recording and we go out for the heat race it goes well and then we get out there for the feature now every feature besides the sk light was just caution fest cautions left and right we'd go maximum like four or five laps before another yellow was thrown and somehow, someway, in the craziest, most badass division at the track, we made it home in one piece, P8, just like we were saying over the radio, the goal was to get a top 10, and it, it was pretty fantastic to be able to um, successfully spot in the uh, wildest division at the track. So what is that like when you're up there? How does it compare to the adrenaline for when you're behind the wheel? I mean, you got to stay calm when you're behind the wheel and, you know, not wreck your car, but it's it's normal for you to get you know, excited when you're behind the wheel over drive corn, not you in particular, but just like, you know, the Royal you where yeah. it's normal for drivers to get excited and overdrive corners and everything else when they're behind the wheel because of the adrenaline and everything else. But when you're up on the spotter stand, it's your job to keep them calm. And I don't think I would be very good at that. Cause I'm very excitable. I'd be up there. Oh my gosh, look where you go. You got to get on there. Keep going. Oh my <laughs> God. Oh, this car's flipping. Our pets heads are falling off. You know, I would be way too overexcited. So how do you, how do you keep calm and keep the driver calm? Because if you get up and up and excited, then the driver is going to follow suit. Well, I don't know. I think um, I think I've just kind of developed my how I would want to spot, or at least how I would want a spotter to be for myself. I guess so. I guess one of the ways I do that is I keep the same kind of um, sayings. So one of the people that I kind of studied during especially last season's off season or this season's off season, which, whichever off season, the most recent one was, um, Sean Waddell. Actually, he, um, he does all our radios, Waddell communication, shout out to him. Fantastic guy. 
but he has spotted for some of the most legendary drivers to come out of the Northeast, like Ryan Priest and uh, Ted Christopher. So some of the things that he does is he has certain sayings that he has where he can say it, and you may have never heard it before in your life, but in the context of coming from a spotter to a driver, you understand exactly what he means. So one of the things that um, I've developed for, especially on restarts, would be the order of operations for, you know, uh, pace car going down pit road, leaders entering turn four, get ready, leaders entering the box, and green as soon as the leaders fire, not necessarily when the flagman would drop the green. And then assuming that everything's going fine, you, it's just two by two all the way through, you know, everyone's going double file down into turn one, and then we go from there, tell them to keep her moving, and uh, whatever happens from there happens. If he needs a gap down the bottom, tell him there's a gap down the bottom, things like that. And how does that compare to what you're doing over on iRacing where, I mean, you actually could be calling cars are flipping through the air or you got net coded, for example. How does that all change if there even is any comparison there that exists? Honestly, I don't really think there's much of a change. The, the biggest change, though, is that you have to be in the spotter stand and you can't you know, like have like a helicopter view that you can in iRacing and be able to uh, change like the field of vision or distance, anything like that. You are in that one fixed position. So if you got to be looking over in turn four, some weeks it's going to be absolute hell to try and look over there because there's going to be so many people in the stands blocking your view as compared to having, you know, the wide open view that you get up there looking in turn two. So you're stuck with what you got. If you don't get up into that spotter stand early enough, you're not going to get the top row where you can stand, especially with the COVID regulations they got at the track now. There's a lot less space for you to uh, move around and get your optimal spot up there in the grandstands. So it it was a little, um, took a little bit of an adjustment to have to spot from that position, but honestly, it wasn't really that bad, you know? Quote, it wasn't that bad, Mr. Ryan Fern. Well, it seems like you're enjoying it, and that's that's something you're going to be doing the rest of the season now. Yeah, I think so. I think I'll be able to be able to manage that because I'm pretty sure how Stafford schedules their um, their schedule as far as what's happening during the actual race day goes. There's a lot of guys that are going to have to be hopping between late model and SK type stuff, or at least you know a couple. I know that Tyler Leary is uh, still running with the Todd Owen program for the SKs, and he's still doing his own thing here in the late models. So. Um, you know, they're not going to like put us back to back and make us be running all over God's creation, trying to get, get what we have to do done in that short time frame. You know what I mean? So, I mean, as long as the man still likes my spot and I'm going to keep doing it because I enjoy it. Well, Hey, we'll have to see how it ends up working out. You mentioned Tyler Leary there. He, uh, for those of you that don't know, he runs both. What? He's the 11 X in the late models and one X in the modifieds, right? I should yes, know that yeah. off the top of my head, and okay, I'm I was fairly certain on it. I didn't want to, you know, say something absolutely certainly and then uh, be wrong there. Yeah, who I are you? If when you're up there on the spotter stand, who are you most worried about? You're gonna throw names here and throw people under the bus. Who are you looking around for and saying when they're near Vassar or anybody saying, "All right, get out of here. Just it's not worth it. You're gonna get wrecked." Well, if you put it in that context, <laughs> that could be anyone. It's the SK Modifieds. I mean, there, there's so many things that happen out in that division with it being open wheel and stuff that, you know, 
if you can name it, it can happen. You know, anything that can go wrong will go wrong. That's just Murphy's Law, you know what I mean? But if we broaden that and we say, who am I most afraid of? I'm most afraid of the spotter of the driver that ends up getting into Matt, you know? <laughs> if that ever happens, I mean, God forbid, knock on wood. But I'm most afraid of the guy that's actually there in person next to me, you know what I mean? Because oh, I'm going yeah. to be the one that gets strangled. <laughs> well, are you going to be strangling someone else if they get hit into Vassar? No, that's not me. I don't play that way. Okay, well, some spotter you are. If you're not willing to fight for your driver, are <laughs> you even really a spotter? <laughs> no. Oh, well. Well, hey. Listen, I'll, I'll, I'll back him up with words, but I don't, I don't have to get physical, you know what I mean? I, I guess so. I don't. Do you think you could hold your own in a fight against one of the other spotters? No. No. <laughs> there we I'm, go. I'm built for driving race cars. I ain't built for uh, fighting in the octagon. <laughs> well, there we go. Self-admission, at least. Now, I think the craziest race of the night last night was definitely the street stocks. Did you get a chance to watch that? Oh, yeah. I, I got to watch the first half of it. And who was it? I know that a waterman was up there. It was two Waterford drivers. Mm -hmm. I know that for a fact. One of them was Waterman. Who was the other guy? Uh, 74. Shoot, what was his name? Oh, 74? That's not That's not Al Stone, because Al Stone drives the 54. I'm going to I'm gonna look it up right Al now. Al Stone so was up there. Al Stone yeah, he, was up there. Um, he was up there in at least third. I know that for the street stock, if I look at 74 on Stafford's website. Oh, Brandon Michael, he was up there? Wow. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure the 74 was up there for a while. But yeah, Al Stone was up there. It was, it was a really... Great race. And now, from another competitor's standpoint, I wanted to ask, what do you think about them taking off the restrictor plates? Oh, taking off the restrictor plates. Dude, even um, I was looking at Meg Fuller in particular out there on the racetrack because Meg Fuller knows how to get it done. And other guys like uh, George Brissett Jr., etc., have moved on to um, other divisions at the track. But looking at one of the veteran drivers, if you will, of the division trying to trying to make it work and having to adjust to that it it seems like it's really shaking things up a bit and another thing that's also been shaking things up is the fact that the rule book has expanded to allow these waterford and thompson guys to come through and having all sorts of brand new drivers that other drivers may not have raced with come to a new racetrack with their veteran skill set from other places that's really going to be shaking up things more than the restrictor plate i think because we saw it out there uh, in the first half of the street stock event. There were two Waterford drivers. They don't they don't normally race at Stafford, but they're racing the place like they're in modifieds. They're throwing the crossovers. They're beating and banging on each other's bumpers, but they were still able to keep the cars relatively straight and keep going under green. It was some of the best street stock racing that I've seen in quite a while at Stafford. Absolutely agreed. That was an amazing race. It went on for a long time because there was a lot of wrecks and cleanup. Uh some fans of the show know that we talk about Mary McCheese, Chris Daniel, Chuck a lot in the number 94. He drove from like, I forget where he started, but he finished in sixth place. And he also needs a new right front tire because he had a tire rub anytime he turned the wheel to the right, which hopefully you don't do too much at Seth, but when you're like warming up the tires, he didn't know he had the tire rub, I don't think. So he would turn the wheel to the right and, uh, you know, I think that tire was down to the cord the last I heard. For oh, those geez. of you that follow about uh, rent a race car, yeah, the whole 22 front end is bad. It is. It's going to need some tender love and care, but I think they're going to be back there with it on Friday night, I'm sure. Those guys are second to none in getting things done. It's awesome to see, but who knows? We'll have to see. Be sure if you are not, uh, if you haven't purchased your tickets, which I don't know if they've sold out already. 
They I know the pit passes are sold out. Gosh, man, oh man. So yeah, by, the already. Time, by the time this is releasing, yeah, they're probably already sold out. But awesome stuff there. If you don't get a chance to get your tickets right into the show, there's going to be 2,500 p- tickets available. If you don't get it and they sell out before you can buy them, be sure to watch on StaffordSpeedway.tv. 25% of your money that you pay goes right into the driver's purse, which is awesome. Absolutely awesome to see. So it's a, it's a great program for everyone. It's 20 bucks. You get to watch all the race in there. It's pay-per-view. It's awesome. So be sure to do that, Ryan, before we, you know, make like a tree and leaf, make like a banana and split. Do you have anyone you want to thank for this upcoming season? Well, before we make like a rock and roll, I think <laughs> I would like to thank everybody on the Fern Motorsports team that has done so much over the off season. Yeah, I know rock and roll, but they've done so much over the off season. You know, also got to thank all my sponsors, Safeco Foam, Whip Sporting Goods, Rad Auto Machine, New England Gear Polishing, Williams Race Gear. I think I already said Rad Auto Machine, but I'm going to thank Rad Auto Machine again anyway, because Donnie's been working with me the last couple of weeks to help get the, my own ignition issue uh, solved. And we did end up getting that solved. Also got to thank Hoosier Tyrese providing tires at the track, the Arut family for owning, operating the track still after so long, New England Race Fuel, fuel provider down there at Stafford Motor Speedway. And we got a few contingency sponsors as well for the late models. I know iRacing is one of them. And I want to say that Donnie is doing a contingency sponsor for the late model. If not, he's doing his Rad Auto Machine contingency for the Dare stock. Something like that. But trying to remember everybody here. If I miss anything, then at least the correct contingency sponsors are on Stafford's website. And you can check out a whole bunch more there if you are interested in what we do every Friday night down there. Well, that is awesome stuff. And, well, let's say you were to get on iRacing and try and find some more speed. And you had some jingle in your pocket and were willing to spend that money in order to get high-quality setups for, like, short-track cars like the late models, super late models, SK Modifieds, and Tour Modifieds. Where would you go at that point? Dude, I suck at making iRacing setups. I go to my man Jeff McConey at McConeySetupShop.com. There we go. We got the self-plug-in. Awesome stuff. Everybody, driver. it, It is pretty true, though. I have gone to you for setup advice straight up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've won with your setups. Yep, a lot of people have. I'm, I'm proud to say a lot of people have. And you can be one of them if you are out there listening and you're looking for iRacing setups, www.maconeysetupshop.com or check out our Facebook page, McConey Setup Shop. I'll never forget this, pulling off the track last Saturday a week ago from when this episode is posted. Full week ago, you came off the track and I went over. I happened to be near your car because, Ryan, you know, Ryan and I are, are good friends outside of this. We play plenty of video games together. Uh, <laughs> that's, yeah, we that's talked about, about that one last episode I was on. We did, yep. We we play a lot of video games together. We go and, well, we try and raise havoc at Burger King, but, you know, sometimes <laughs> you fall asleep at 11.30 in the morning and then sleep until midnight the next day. Dude, I, I, I already talked it. about that on the Stafford Snapchat, man. I feel it. Hey, I, I, I can respect it. Um, So... I went over to his car afterwards and was like, so how was it? Oh, it was terrible. And then he asked me straight up, goes, what adjustments would you make if you were, you know, adjusting one of the cars? And I go, in iRacing? Here's what I would do. And I think the setup changes you made were similar to what I suggested, were they not? 
that's classified information. Classified information. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying at all what I suggested. I didn't even say what was wrong with the car. I'm just asking, were they similar? Were they similar? That's classified information. Classified information. Well. The champions don't give away their secrets. The world may never know. But for everyone out there listening, thank you. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at Bottled Up Radio. Be sure to check out www.maconeysetupshop.com. But, Ryan, thank you once again for joining us. It's always nice having you on. And to everyone out there listening, I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of Bottled Up.